Hey, I'm Tim. And I'm Drew. And this is the Hearts and Hands Podcast. In Season 3, Episode 7, we conclude our roundtable discussion with Faith and Michael about the purpose of art. Welcome back to another episode of the Hearts and Hands Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Babbler, joined as always by my co-host, Drew. And Drew, I am really looking forward to finishing this conversation. I mean, one of my favorite things, no, one of my least favorite things about watching some episodes on Netflix that I end up binging is every single time at the end of the episode, I'm like, I want to go to sleep, but what happens next? And I truly felt that same thing is really happening in this conversation here. And we don't want to leave people hanging too long. Yeah. I, I mean, I say there's a lot of favorite things about getting to do this podcast and everything. Like I like talking to new people about new types of art and all that stuff. And, and But honestly, I think the most that I learn and grow from in this podcast is when we have these roundtable discussions. So I'm excited for you all to hear the the second half of this conversation that we had with Faith and Michael. Let's get back to it. Yeah, I like that you brought up the chosen because like I've heard so many, you know, lifelong Christians who have read the gospels, who knows how many times. And then they say like, and then I got to the end of the episode and I was crying like, because it it's just presented in a different way that kind of it, in a, some ways is that pattern breaking you were talking about. Uh, but it, this just being the pattern of how I interact with the Bible, with scriptures, like, I always am just doing it the same way. I'm not going to be learning or growing. So finding finding ways, whether it be visual or like you were saying, like you listen to like 15 hours of podcasts a week. What if we had engaging podcasts that were about the truths of scripture um, and delved in in new and interesting ways? Because I mean, there's plenty of podcasts out there that are just, you know, the sermon that the guy preached on Sunday. And that's fine. That There's nothing wrong with that. But because podcasting has become such a big medium, I wonder if there are untapped ways of exploring scripture through podcasting. Yeah, and I think competition is really key to that all. I mean, I think if you look 20 years down the line or 50 years from now, the more people that are coming in and creating these things, the best ones will rise to the top, I guess. And it, it's tricky when you're like in a situation where there's, you know, a few options and it's awesome that we have options now. Um, but I think this idea of like, the more that's out there, the better stuff will continue to rise to the top and it'll continue to push each other as creatives to make better stuff. The pattern breaking idea, I guess one of the ones like, so I see, or I was in a role where I had to do like come up with slideshow backgrounds and stuff. And I was like Christmas time. And you always like search like silhouette of, you know, the major or whatever. <laughs> and so there's like so many different options like that. And I was like, okay, so how do I do sweet baby Jesus in a non major like silhouette image? So that was a task that I thought about as an artist. And, and what I did was I took and I put him in hands so someone holding the baby because i was thinking about my wife 
Like our baby didn't end up in the crib too often. Like baby <laughs> Jesus was not hanging out in that manger, like being looked at like an object of precious, you know, like baby Jesus was being held by his parents. Like that's what the baby Jesus was. There is this element of where it was placed, but so that was like the idea of like, okay, so where, how do you think of things differently? And that's the idea of like the chosen series and as artists, I think just looking at things and constantly really reflecting on them, praying about them, getting into scripture continually, and then telling different stories from scripture in a way that's accessible, exciting, and makes people wonder, why? Like, why, why does that look different? And then think about it and maybe access it and contemplate it. <laughs> Yeah, making something fresh is really important. And there are, there are, I can think of a few examples of where this is happening, but like, like in visual art, you have, you, I mean, there's like a long tradition of, of symbolism and imagery that is, you know, like Christian or like is sharing the gospel or whatever. But I, I know like in, going to school for art people know those those images but they don't necessarily mean anything anymore because they've seen it a hundred times and like it's it's not their their language so thinking of ways to like depict or i guess just like share the gospel in ways that that is not that actually that is fresh and and different but it's still the same gospel, which is hard to do. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think that's, it's really hard to do because anytime you make anything religious and that's why I kind of, I guess in my own work avoided it because you're going up against the greatest artists of all time. Like <laughs> you really are. It's like, Oh, I'm going to attempt something that, you know, Da Vinci, Michelangelo and, you know, all of these artists throughout all of history have kind of reflected on like you have to hone your craft and you have to be really in shape creatively, I guess, to, uh, to attempt it at the level where you'll be happy with it, but you won't be happy with it unless you like build that voice throughout your creative, I guess, path that you've traveled on. So if you're not trying to make religious work, it's easy to just be like, well, I'll get to it someday. But like, get yourself in creative shape so that you can uh, attempt it, I guess, visually. And yeah, it's, it's just super important. And I think it's kind of like a purpose. It, it really is as a visual artist. Like, like you're saying, looking fresh and not necessarily worrying about if it like makes sense. Like I love vaporwave style art. It's something I just <laughs> like, it's got like these like unique kind of interesting style to it where there's like a triangle and some glitches and like it, it's just unique. And there's like, you know, this history and this culture behind it that's maybe not associated with just how it looks. So I did like a vaporwave crucifix just because like it was like, well, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> like, and you don't have to like be like, oh, like I wonder what the meaning 
behind everything and making sure that that all lines up as you're kind of in that exploratory period as you're creating these images, especially visually. Yeah, I, I think that in the past you guys have talked about like once your work is completed and you put it out there. And I think in my perspective, like the second the work is done, it's no longer mine. Once, once I, I kind of have made my last mark and I think it's done, well, then it's people to look at it and interpret it, but no longer as an artist is it really my work. It's something I made and then I'm on to the making of the next thing. And I, and, and I kind of give it to the people like a book, like once the author makes the last edit on a book, they put it out there and then it's the people who are reading its book. So I think of it the exact same way with my visual art. Like once I'm done making it, no longer is it really mine. Like, cause I'm done. Like I can't make any, my process is where I live as an artist. And then after it's complete, the work becomes someone else's. And I think that puts less of a, crazy high value on it because it was like my creation. Well, no, like I lived in the process and how much time did that really take me? And then I can make it so that it's more accessible for others to, to access it and, and hopefully put it up and see it. Yeah. And so another one from the list drew that, that was brought up is adding beauty rather than destruction. Yeah. So if that is your role as a creative person, I think of like my kids, and my wife and I were actually just talking about this today. So there's little corners of our house where they played for like hours, two hours, probably like imaginative play, wonderful play. And then they went outside and they didn't clean up their little like cubby hole of awesomeness that they had all these random things that they were playing with. And is that a sign of creativity and is that beauty or is it a mess and is it destruction? like to our house of how it should look for me. I love it. Like, yes, our house maybe doesn't look exactly like all the time. If people come in, like, yes, we live here. That's why it might not look perfect. Like, like you can come visit us, but we live here. So it, I mean, we actually keep, my wife does an amazing job. We work together on keeping a pretty clean house, but there are corners that are just these imaginative playroom areas and then we, we have the kids clean them up, but do you just take the kid and say, no, don't go outside. You have to clean up every little toy and it has to be perfect because this is how it is. Or is it just like, we'll just take the two minutes and clean it up quickly and let the kids live in this imaginative land that they created. I don't know. I feel like that idea of creating beauty rather than destruction is something as an artist that you're doing. You're, I don't know, like each, each mark you make or each thing that you add to your patterns of your life, it's important to add beauty rather than destruction. Did you pick up the thing after you dropped it? Well, yeah, and you threw it away, which is great. But then did you ever think like, what if I took and I dropped a bunch of things with glue down and then had them stack up and I don't know. I guess that's the world I always live in is like, I remember actually one time I had a backpack stolen and it had a sketchbook that I spent like 230 hours in Oof. and I, it had my computer in it, but like, I didn't care. Like, you know, it's $300 crappy laptop back in the day. 
And man, it just really was frustrating. It was actually funny. My son had just been born and I had all these drawings in that sketchbook I wanted to put up in his room. And oh man, that was just a tough one to get over, right? Just a gut punch creatively. But then what happened is I was actually talking to Jason Jasperson and he was like, he's always got the fresh perspectives that he brings with cool and calm and collectedness. Uh, he says, you know what you need to do maybe is you need to make art and leave it places intentionally so that it can be stolen. And, and it was like, yeah, maybe I do. Maybe I need to think of like, well, I'm sure this isn't the case, but like the story in your mind, you can say like, maybe the person who stole the sketchbook, like they had this computer and they're like, Oh, I can pawn this. And then they find this drawing book and they're like, Oh, my kids like that. I never have given anything to now have this gift and they gave them the drawing and there's added beauty to the world because of what I did in the sketchbook that got stolen or maybe not. Um, but the, but then I would like go and I'd like just like make art and I'd just leave it places. And I'd have a little note on the back, which wasn't on the sketchbook that got stolen that said like, just enjoy this, you know? And I got people reach out to me through my website that was like, Hey, thanks so much for this random art. Like that was really cool. It made my day. I was like, I grabbed it, and then I was like, "What's this?" And then I read the note, and that was cool. So if you're ever in like a coffee shop, like check the random drawers because they're sometimes like little like love notes to each other, like friendship notes in coffee shop drawers, and you never know what you'll find. There's even like this one in Waukesha where it has like this um, scavenger hunt. So you go into this coffee shop and you like open this random drawer. And there's like a little note that says like, what you need to do is look under the green chair in the corner. And then like in the green chair, there's another one. And that's like the idea of adding beauty. Like someone's creatively just being like, what should I do with this time that I have? Well, we're blessed with time. Let's create a scavenger hunt that people can go on with their kids and totally have joy. Or let's find some random artwork places and break the pattern and find beauty. What are some ideas that can come from that? I don't, I don't, I don't really know, but it's just a fun idea to play around with. I guess that came from something that was in my mind destruction at the time. Sure. I want to go back briefly to a point that Faith was talking about about um, keeping things fresh. I feel like you two, as visual artists, are at a disadvantage with this because um, <laughs> both because, uh, like Faith was saying, uh, that there are just these symbols associated with Christianity and it's just hard to break past those. And then also like Michael was saying that if you do try to, you know, do a painting of a crucifix, like you're competing against the best um, from hundreds and hundreds of years. Whereas with music, I feel like things get stale faster. So like if you hear the, the greatest Christian song from 1980. Uh, it sounds like it's from 1980. It doesn't <laughs> sound fresh at all. So it's easy to compete, or at least I think it's easier to compete because sounding fresh is easier than looking fresh, I guess. You have any thoughts, Tim? It's an interesting perspective, I'd say. Like, I, I'd agree with what you're saying. When you think of the greatest Christian art from history, like art encompassing everything, visual art um, included. I mean, I always, I always joke, we're up against the Ninja Turtles, right? That's at least visual artists are, but 
they didn't write songs. Like we got some really great stuff from from composers who were also did amazing stuff for Christian music. But I can make something new that doesn't have to compete with that because it's it's indifferent in style. But it doesn't also need to be the on trend thing either. I don't know how else to elaborate on that. I think like by virtue of of living in the year 2021 you're gonna write stuff that sounds like it's from 2021 it can there's still a bunch of genres you can draw from and everything but nobody's going to be confusing your stuff for bach like i'm just the reality so it's just much easier to sound fresh i think yeah think about like a cool experience i've had i guess in the music scene was just worshiping and going to church and having like Lutheran, Lutheran Celtic Orchestra, I think it's called, like having them just be in my church one day and just being totally blessed by that. And then like being like, I have to do this again. Like I have to be a part of this experience again. It's just so cool. And like you're saying, like something that's totally breaks you out of your kind of what you're, you're thinking yeah, so someone at my school, when I was kind of preparing that presentation, they talked about how performances and concerts happen and our experience, and then they're gone. So people budget for them because they know they need to, like, re-up. Like, I I need to have music next week, so we should budget for that and have it have it planned. This is awesome. Like, this is really cool. The thing is, like, with visual art, it's kind of scary because, like, what if you – have someone make something and then it's not very good. And like that exists. And like most things you make, people will have ideas about like, maybe some people will like it. Maybe some people will love it. Other people might not like it. And like, I'm okay with saying it's just not very good. Like it, it's just not there yet technically. And, and that's, that's a scary thing as a church, but the more we can educate people to see like throughout the elementary school, high school, college level classes, the more we can educate them to see beauty and to see, I guess, quality in art, I guess then I hope they see the absence of it in their spaces. So if you don't have anything creative breaking out on your wall, well, then all you have is just a structure that doesn't really reflect your mission as a congregation. We have plenty of plain walls on the walls. I can guarantee you about that. And, and what a great opportunity to have people have it as kind of this unique chance to be artists and visually, I don't know, like react to that emptiness to create stuff that would have people visually consider what is going to happen at that space that they are at. What makes your school different than a public school? How is your mission communicated through your walls if you walk in? I think that's really important. How are we as a Lutheran church looking different than you fill in the blank, um, than an office building? <laughs> like I literally just saw I would and it's it's awesome, but I literally just saw a new proposed school that had no reference to anything Christian that you could see as you drove up. And it's a it's a Lutheran school. So you drive up 
and you don't see anything that would say, hey, this is a Lutheran school. This is what this is what we're all about visually. Now you walk in and there might be some things there, but how do we like we gotta do better? Like architecturally it should resonate and and then on those walls, because we already have all these great opportunities in our in our well synod to have those walls be brought to life by artists. Now it's okay if the thing doesn't last forever. And I think that so often, especially with like prints. So I, I, I kind of came into the school three years ago and now I've got an opportunity to kind of have our schools access to like all of the art at my school that I work at. So they have this huge catalog of different artworks and the stuff that's saved is literally like printed out bad artwork that has zero value. And there's this whole room full of it. And there's just, it's just like, what are we holding on to this stuff for? If it's not worth anything, like sell it on the marketplace and see what happens. Like no one's going to buy it. People like don't want to put that up at their house. But if you look at like what people have in their house today, well, how do we have that translate into what our churches look like? And how do we have that then communicate what Christianity is all about? the messages and the opportunities that we see in scripture. So a lot of thoughts, but I guess a little bit there. We want to make a lasting impact. And, and I think it's really important to make that impact visually as well as what's budgeted currently. So let's budget for some fine art commissions. And I don't know. And just like go crazy with, I don't know, in the back behind you, Drew, which the podcast listeners can't see is like some, uh, what do you call them? Crates? Pallets. Pallets, yeah. Wood pallets that are kind of stained and like organized in a unique way. And it just honestly, it was like a fresh thing. Like, oh, I came on the call. It's the first thing I saw. First thing I noticed. How sweet. Like, I'm sure anyone that comes in that space will notice that. And it just takes some... I don't know. Go on Pinterest. Try out some things. Even if you're not like an official artist, there's no such thing. <laughs> no one's going to be like, oh, I bet whoever made that palette wall, they didn't have a formal art training. No, it's <laughs> like they're going to come in and be like, hey, that's awesome. Like, I want to <laughs> do that because I do want to do that now that I've seen it. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Well, it's been great hearing all of your thoughts. I'm sure that we could go many, many more episodes worth of time. Um, but I want to be uh, conscious of both of your times as well. But this was great. We could do this again sometime. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts you want to leave with our listeners before we go? Like the, the whole <laughs> list of Facebook uh, that, that you put on Facebook, I can switch among like among all of those and still be doing something that is art and I think knowing your audience too, that gives you some just different ideas of how to connect with, with the people you're trying to talk to, whether it's people immediately or maybe people in the future, like making art that lasts. But that was kind of a half form, formed thought, but. <laughs> good. Yeah. I think um, an easy access point too, is just like, 
paint a room in your room, like in your office or in your classroom or in your, I don't know, sanctuary. Just paint it, uh, you know, a unique color that maybe comes from your logo if you have a logo. If you don't, you should look at getting a logo. Um, but <laughs> just just paint it like a different color that's kind of bold and see how many comments you get on it. <laughs> now imagine that wall having a really beautiful work of art on it and the amount of comments and the note and the amount of people that will notice that if just painting your nails, like if you're someone who paints your nails, will get people to notice it. People notice visual things instantly. So try something and like, it doesn't have to stick. I have an active kind of like my art classrooms are all just active for art club kids to just come in and just make stuff on the walls. So it's just an evolving thing that just kind of constantly is making and and it will it last? I don't know. I I don't I don't tell them it has to. Like we have the wall paint right there. If it doesn't look good, we just paint over it. But thinking of things that are just easy access points for you to try stuff out. And good luck making stuff. <laughs> Sweet. Well, thanks again. We truly appreciate this conversation. We're looking forward to having you uh, both on again sometime in the near future. It's great to talk to y'all. That wraps it up for this episode of the podcast. As always, if there are questions you want answers to, people you want to hear from, or you are an artist working on your next project, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, feel free to reach out to us at heartsandhandspodcast at gmail.com or on any social media platform at Wells Creatives. And I've got a little experiment I'd like to try here. If you're still listening at this point in the podcast and haven't already tuned out because it's the end of the episode and we're saying the same thing we always say, I want you to leave your favorite emoji underneath our promotion of this on Facebook. Just leave your emoji. Don't say anything else besides that. And I truly thank you for listening this far. Thanks also to our patrons for the support. We love all support on patreon.com slash hearts and hands podcast. Looking forward to seeing your emojis. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.